Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. Amen. If you'll take your scriptures in hand, and uh, in a moment we're going to be reading Proverbs 14, 16, and 17, and Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. And we are concluding our series tonight titled Escape, and tonight's message is Breaking Free from Anger. Breaking Free from Anger. A young girl was writing a paper for school, and she came to her father and asked, Dad, what's the difference between anger and exasperation? And the father replied, well, it's mostly a degree of difference. Let me show you what I mean. So he picked up his phone, dialed a random number, and said, hello, is Melvin there? The man answered, there's no one here named Melvin. So they hung up. See, the girl's father said, that man was annoyed because we interrupted whatever he was doing. Now watch. He dialed the same number again. The man picked up. He said, hello. Is Melvin there? The man heatedly responded, you just called this number and I told you already that there is no Melvin here. So he hung up. The father said, now you see, he moved from being annoyed to being angry. Now I'll show you what exasperation is. <laughs> he dialed the same number again and the man picked up with a and when the man picked up a violent voice roared, hello? The father calmly said, hi, this is Melvin. Have there been any calls for me? <laughs> Anger is something that we all experience in differing degrees, but we don't really set out to be angry. We don't walk up, wake up in the morning, at least I hope it nobody does, and say, well, today I'm going to get so upset that my face is going to turn red, the veins on my neck are going to bulge out, and I'm going to raise my voice and tell somebody off. I hope none of you wake up in the morning like that. We don't usually plan to get angry, but nonetheless, we all experience anger from time to time. But there's something I've learned about anger, and that is Nothing and no one can make us angry. Anger is our choice. I'll say that again. Nothing and no one can make us angry. Anger is our choice. Anger is an internal reaction that is perceived to have an external cause. An internal reaction that is perceived Notice I'm not saying it's a reality. It's perceived to have an external cause. Somebody did something or something happened. And we think that that's the reason that we're angry. That's why angry people almost always blame someone or something for their anger. Angry people rarely realize that their anger is based on the way they perceive what has happened and often their perception is skewed. We get angry based on our interpretation of a situation. For instance, if you walk in a church and someone who's generally friendly towards you fails to stop and greet you, but just keeps walking right by you, you may perceive that they're just being rude. 
and that they're holding something against you. They must have, have um, you know, gotten some kind of offense that they're holding against you. And before you know it, you start working yourself up and getting angry. Why didn't they say hi to me? What's their problem? Are they blind? Didn't they see me standing here? And before you know it, you're all angry. And you come into the service and you can't even worship because you're upset. When in truth, they weren't offended at you. They weren't ignoring you. They weren't trying to be rude. They were distracted and preoccupied because they were dealing with a problem in their own life. Hello? You see how we can presume on someone certain intentions that are not real? Our interpretation of a situation leads to our reaction. Our interpretation leads to our reaction. But when we allow the emotion of anger to rise within us, we generally can't think clearly, so we make wrong interpretations and we keep adding to those interpretations. Have you ever begun to rehearse something that happened in your, and the more you rehearse it in your mind, you add on to it, and then the anger just grows bigger and bigger? Anybody ever been there? Amen. So it just continues to grow because we're not thinking clearly. So we're making wrong interpretations. And then based on those wrong interpretations, we make bad decisions to react in a bad way. Anger can override good judgment in the heat of the moment. And we can say and do things that we would not otherwise have done in a calmer moment. Have you ever done that? You just said something, and the moment it came out of your mouth, you just wanted to reach out there and just take it because you were like, I shouldn't have said that, but it just came out. Read with me, if you will, Proverbs 14, verses 16 and 17. It says it this way. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Short-tempered people do foolish things, and schemers are hated. I like the message version of verse 17. It says, the hothead does things they'll later regret. The hothead does things they'll later regret. When you allow the emotion of anger to control you, you're not thinking clearly, and you will do things that are foolish. You'll do things that later you are going to regret, you know, because it, it can damage a relationship permanently when you do or say certain things. If we'd be honest, the wisdom writer is not telling us something we don't already know. Because who among us in the heat of anger has not acted foolishly and later regretted what we said or did? Because anger impairs our ability to think clearly. Our emotions are in control, causing us to feel that we only have two options, defend or attack. Because in some way, we feel like something wrong was done to us, so we feel we have to defend ourselves or we have to attack the other person. When you live that way, you're going to find yourself caught in the trap of anger. And we're going to read now Ephesians 4, verses 26 through 27 and verse 31. Paul says, and don't sit by letting anger control you. You know, when you start ruminating and you're letting the thoughts flow and the feelings rise, you're letting anger control you. All right, don't, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Some versions say be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives, what? A foothold to the devil. You're opening a door to the devil in your life. And once you allow him to get the foot, his foot in the door, guess what? He's going to push the door wide open. Amen? 
So anger gives a foothold to the devil. Verse 31, get rid of, and all of these things are related to anger. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. You know, God created us with a wide spectrum of emotions, and he understands that it's uh, normal for us to experience anger when we feel frustrated, stressed, hurt, disappointed, invalidated, threatened, disrespected, or treated unfairly. It's normal for us to feel that. So in this passage, it tells us that we are going to experience anger. That's not the problem. He says, be angry and sin not. So the problem is not getting angry. It's how we, why we got angry and how we react when we get angry, okay? The problem is when we allow our emotions, when we allow anger to control us, then we become a captive or we become trapped by our anger and that often causes us to react with sinful words, sinful behavior, sinful actions, chief of which Paul identifies in verse 31 are harsh words or slander. Everything listed in verse 31 is emotional in nature. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, they're all emotional. And we are commanded to get rid of them. Why? Because as a Christian, we have to be walking under the control of the Spirit. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And the rest of the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, I don't hear anger anywhere in there. In fact, the very opposite. Because if you're loving, if you're kind, if you're gentle, if you're patient, you can't be angry at the same time. So if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to control you, then your emotions are not going to be in control. The Holy Spirit is going to be in control, which, uh, by the way, Paul goes on uh, in Ephesians chapter 5 to talk about be being filled with the Holy Spirit and how we need that control of the Holy Spirit in our life. But when we look at verse 31 and you see these emotion-filled words, for instance, the word bitterness, it's literally defined as an irritable state of mind which produces hardship and hard opinions of others and there's some people that they just have a root of bitterness in their soul over something that happened to them I don't know 20 years ago however long ago and they walk around just irritable with everybody everything makes them upset you ever met somebody like that amen the words anger and rage are both, maybe you are somebody like that, but just throw that in there. But the words anger and rage are both emotional outbursts of passion that then results in harsh words or slander. And the Lord tells us, get rid of all of these things. Because when we allow the emotion of anger to control us, we are caught in the trap of the devil we've allowed the devil to establish a stronghold to take territory in our life so today we want to talk about escaping that trap of anger the first thing we need to realize is that anger is normal and not necessarily sinful everyone say that everyone experiences anger amen we were created by God in his image and we see throughout the Bible that you know what even God gets angry so anger is a part of being created in God's image, and it can be a positive thing when we need to take decisive action or stand against sin and injustice or the dishonoring of God's name. 
But when we talk about God getting angry, something we need to realize is that God can only do what is holy and just and right. So that means that God's anger is always righteous and never sinful, all right? As one writer states, God's anger is always a response to human betrayal and evil, and it's expressed through handing humans over to the logical consequences of their decisions. So God gets upset because we did wrong, and sometimes his anger is expressed like, okay, you want to do wrong? Then go ahead and experience the consequences of your wrong choices. That's the main way that God expresses his anger. God's anger is never an uncontrollable outburst of emotion, as our anger often is. His anger is always measured and a just response of his holiness and righteousness towards sin and evil. And he generally acts upon his anger after a long time of showing patience and making numerous attempts to turn people from their wicked ways so that he doesn't have to bring judgment. Have you ever seen that in the scripture, how patient God is? I'm so glad he's patient with me too, amen? But, but after the people's repeated refusals, uh, it, it justifies the expression of his anger in their life. We see that even Jesus, you know, we always think about Jesus as being so sweet and so loving. But, you know, even Jesus got angry. Remember when he went into the temple and he turned over the tables of the money changers and he took a whip in hand and he drove them out of the temple? Why? Because they had turned God's house into a profit-making business and he was angry. But his anger is what's called righteous indignation. It was a, a right reason to be angry. It was deserved. So we have the capacity to experience anger because we were created in God's image. So anger in and of itself is not sinful or then God would be guilty of sin because he gets angry, right? But his anger is righteous. So anger in itself is not sinful, but it is a temptation to sin. While God's anger is always justified and it's always right, most of our anger is sinful. The famed preacher Dr. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones states, anger is a natural capacity given by God against the things that dishonor him and what he declares to be good. Anger must be directed towards the things that God hates. Now, if you think about that for a moment, it's a God-given capacity against the things that dishonor God and what he declares to be good. Anger must be directed towards the things that God hates. Now, if we'd be honest and we would measure our anger against that definition, most of our anger is not because God is being dishonored. Most of our anger is not because some evil is taking place against God and his word. We generally get angry for very selfish reasons. And we express anger either internally or externally in ways that are sinful. And I say internally or externally because some people process their anger internally, others just vent and process it externally. It's the difference between a stewer and a spewer. Some people stew on their anger and they give you the cold shoulder and you know they may slam doors or they may not talk to you. And some people are spewers, they're just gonna let it all come out like a volcano erupting. 
you know, with, with no care for where the lava lands and what it destroys. I don't know which you are, but neither one of them is, is, is a good response, amen? But just think of it this way. Think of a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. It's generally because they didn't get their way and now they're making you pay. Amen? Anybody ever had a two-year-old? I want it, I want it, I want it. No, you can't have it. <coughs> On the floor, kicking, screaming, whatever. Right? They scream, they yell, they throw themselves on the ground. They may throw whatever they have in their hand, even may throw it at you. They may scream, I hate you. There's a reason it's called the terrible twos. <laughs> but it often extends into the threes, the fours, the forties. <laughs> we, we, we just tend to, to disguise it a little bit better when we get older, right? But experts generally say about two-year-old tantrums, don't worry about it. It's normal. They'll eventually grow out of it. But you know something? You can't grow out of the sin nature. We just grow up and express our anger in other ways, but it's still just as selfish and just as hurtful. And like a two-year-old, we generally get angry for selfish reasons because someone or something has inconvenienced us or is standing in the way of us getting our will. We didn't get what we want. They won't allow us to do what we want, so we're angry. Now, the reason Paul says be angry and sin not is because our human anger often leads to sinful attitudes and actions. We say or do hurtful things or we hold bitterness in our heart. Jesus described the destructive nature of human anger in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. He said, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you know, that's expressing our anger now, you know. We're driving down I-95, somebody cuts us off. You idiot! None of us have ever done that. We, we just bless them, Lord, keep them safe. Hallelujah. Um, so they said, if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court, the court of heaven. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Well, that, that's some serious stuff there, folks. And, 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 and Jesus is saying that anger is the root cause behind murder and all sorts of hurtful words and actions. And anger is a serious sin before God that brings us under the judgment of God and can damn our soul to hell. That's serious stuff. And when we allow anger and bitterness to remain in our heart, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.30 that it grieves the Holy Spirit, which is going to have a significant impact on our relationship with God. The famed preacher Charles Spurgeon, preaching on what it meant, means to grieve the Holy Spirit, says that when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we will lose all joy, all power, and sense of the Holy Spirit's presence. 
He says, if you pray, it will be weak. If you read the word, you will not be able to force your way into the inner mysteries of truth. When you go to the house of God, you will, be, you will not experience any spiritual exhilaration or renewal of strength. You will find yourself like Samson after his hair was cut, feeling lost, weak, captive, and blinded. That's what happens when you grieve the spirit and anger grieves the spirit. Ultimately, Paul says that we open a door in our life for the enemy to come in. The actual Greek says you give territory to the enemy. So you are surrendering territory in your soul to the enemy for him to come in and establish a controlling influence, a stronghold in your life. This is why Paul urges us in verse 31, get rid of get rid of all bitterness rage anger harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior what's he saying close the door on the devil don't allow him to have entrance into your life through unresolved anger amen now the second principle anger and bitterness must be removed from our hearts so how do we do that how do we escape the enemy's trap of anger and bitterness first of all we must confess our anger and bitterness before God first John 1 9 says if we confess our sins to him he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness and I like the word confess because in the Greek it literally means to say the same thing as so when we confess our sins to God we're saying the same thing Thing as God regarding our words or our actions or our attitudes we're coming into agreement with God and saying this is wrong this is sinful this does not belong in my life that's what it means to confess and I read an article in which a lady said anger is a necessary sin and the fact is that many people believe that anger falls into a category of a necessary evil, uh, 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 of a sin that is just a part of life that we need. And, and, and many Christians don't even believe that it's wrong. They sing, say things like, well, this is just who I am. I can't help it. I, 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 I don't have any choice. I feel what I feel, and I have to say what I think. None of us have ever said that, right? Amen. It's easy for us to justify and rationalize our anger, blaming others or our circumstances for our anger. We say things like, well, I wouldn't have to react this way if you hadn't made me. As if we have no responsibility in the matter for our emotions or our reaction, it's all the other person's fault. We feel we have the right to be angry because others have treated us badly. They did something wrong, they did something dumb, they did something irresponsible, so I am justified in being angry with them. Because, think of it, if people would just act right, if they would just do what they need to do, I wouldn't have to get upset. Hallelujah. God says, no excuses. We do have a choice. We are responsible for our emotions. And we are responsible for our reactions. So we need to confess that our anger is sin. We need to repent of it and take responsibility for our emotions and the actions they produce. And if we will bring our anger to God and agree with him that it is sin, he will forgive us and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness or wickedness. Now to forgive means to remove our guilt. But the word cleanse means to purify. So God not only forgives removing our guilt, 
but he also wants to purify our heart from those sinful inclinations. He doesn't want to just forgive us and then we keep coming back again. Oh, I did it again, God. I, I blew my top. I erupted. You know, he doesn't want that to be a pattern in our life. Now, now it may initially be when you start praying for God to take this out of your life. But there should come a point where you grow out of that pattern of behavior. Amen. I know he did that with me. I remember I had a real bad temper because, first of all, I'm hot-blooded on both sides, Latin on one side and Lebanese on the other, and both are known for being hot-blooded people, hot-tempered people. I grew up in an environment where my father, before he came to Christ, he came to Christ much later in life after I was already saved and an adult, but growing up, he had a very bad temper. And any frustration, anything that he didn't like, he just erupted with words that were very hurtful at times you know and I grew up thinking that that's the way you react to life somebody doesn't do what you want them to do you have an annoyance you have a frustration you just and that's the way I was and then here I am I've graduated Bible college I'm in ministry and I go to a pastor's conference and I, I still remember the pastor that was speaking his name was brother Giancomo from New Jersey and um, the title of his workshop was he that loses his temper loses his ministry and he started sharing about his own struggle with with his anger and the more he spoke the more I sunk down in my chair under conviction you ever felt that when the when the sermon was being preached and it's like oh God that's me and that's how I was feeling and I'm like God that's me he's talking about me you know and um, I started making that a regular prayer God I don't want to be this way God changed me. I confess and repent. And, and at first, you know, I had to pray that several times, you know, uh, before the change really began to become evident. And where I used to have a fuse like this, I now have a fuse probably like this. <laughs> it takes a lot more to get me angry is what I'm saying. And I've learned that when I am angry, I can express myself in a way that does not cause damage to someone, right? So I've grown a lot in that area. You probably would not have liked old me back then, but I've grown a whole lot. Hopefully you like new me, and, um, <laughs> and I'm not the same person I used to be, amen? So I know that God can change us, and that's what he wants, and it's a process of growth. But at some time, we need to grow out of whatever it is we're struggling with, amen? You know, if you've been saved 20 years and you're still struggling with the same stuff you were struggling when you first came to Christ, then you're not growing spiritually. Hello? So there's something that you need to be doing, whether it's praying every day or it's being in God's word or, what, or fasting, whatever. There's something you need to be doing so that you can um, jumpstart your spiritual growth, amen, and, 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 and get rid of some of those things in our life. God doesn't want us coming back time and time again. Okay, God, forgive me of the same sin. God, forgive me of the same sin. God, forgive me of the same sin. He's merciful, but at some point he's like, you know, I... <laughs> I'm reminded of the story of a young man that he would come every Sunday to the, to the altar and he would pray something, you know, because he would come to the altar, then he'd go back out into the world and he would live kind of fleshly, then he'd come back. And every Sunday he'd be up at the altar. Oh, God, clear all the cobwebs out of my life. Yeah, and, and one lady, and, uh, one Sunday, an older sister came up, laid hands on him and, and said, God, don't just clear the cobwebs out, kill the spider. Some of us need God to kill the spider, amen, because the cobwebs keep growing back and back again. God wants to work in us 
and purify us of everything that is unrighteous and sinful. He wants to kill the spider. He wants to kill the fleshly nature, amen? But we have to surrender it to him. There was a married lady that was struggling with her desire for another man. And she went to her friend and her husband and told them that she had feelings for this other man. And she said, these feelings are just overpowering me. And, and, and I feel them drawing me into an affair. And, 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 and even though she knew it would ruin her marriage, she said there was nothing she could do to get rid of her feelings. So her friend and her husband said, let's pray in faith, confessing those feelings to God and repenting of them and asking him to remove them from your heart. She said, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. These feelings are very strong. But her two friends encouraged her. You need to have faith. So they began to pray with her, helping her to confess her feelings for this other man and asking God to cleanse her heart and purify her and remove these feelings. And after they said amen, she walked out the door still shaking her head saying, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But the next morning, that couple's phone rang and the woman said, I just want you to know God answered your prayer. This morning I woke up, and as a matter of habit, I tried to think about this man with whom I was in love. And I couldn't even remember his name. And the feelings are gone. What am I saying? Folks, prayer works. When we pray, God works. So whatever feelings we may be struggling with, in this case we're talking about anger, we need to bring it to God. We need to confess it. We need to repent of it. And God will purify our hearts. Now, we're not talking about some kind of sinless perfection because we are still in the flesh, the side of eternity, and, and, and we still have choices to make to cooperate with the work of God. But as we submit ourselves, as we read his word, as we pray, he will change our hearts if we will let him. You don't have to remain in the trap that the devil has created and designed to keep you in bondage. You have another option. You can live in freedom. The Bible says in Galatians 5, therefore walk in the freedom with which Christ has set you free. Walk in the freedom. See, he's already freed us, but it's kind of like opening a prison door and we choosing to stay in the cell you got to walk out of that cell, folks. He's already paid the price. He's already broken the chains. We are free, but now we've got to walk in that freedom. Amen? We've got to walk it out. We've got to live it out. We have a choice in how we respond because we have been set free. In Ephesians 4.32, after Paul says, get rid of harsh words and slander and bitterness, he says, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Folks, we have a choice. We can choose to walk in bitterness and, and anger and rage and harsh words and slander. Or we can choose to get rid of all of that and instead be tender-hearted towards one another, forgive one another. I like that word instead because it means there is an alternative. We have a choice. Paul says, don't be angry, don't be bitter. Instead, by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, choose to be kind-hearted and forgiving. 
Choose to have compassion. Choose to forgive. Choose not to live with sinful anger and bitterness. Choose to love and forgive. No one can make us angry. It's our choice. And as we submit to God more and more, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to have control rather than allowing your emotions to control you. And the Holy Spirit will produce in us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, and self-control. I read about a woman who had been bitten by a dog that had a serious case of rabies. And her physician advised her to write down her last wishes just in case she didn't make it. So right there in front of the doctor, she pulled out a piece of paper and pen and started writing. She would begin writing, and then she would stop and pause, and then she would write again. Well, this went on for more than an hour. Finally, the doctor asked, <clears throat> how long are you going to make your will? And she said, will? I'm not writing a will. I'm making a list of people that I'm going to bite before I die. If you don't live free from the trap of anger and bitterness, you may just find yourself like this woman making an ever-growing list of people that you want to bite, but in reality, the person that it's harming is you. And when we walk in bitterness and anger, you find that your list keeps growing. It may have started with one person, but when you don't forgive that person and you're filled with bitterness and anger, you just keep Adding to the list, adding to the list, adding to the list. you got to start by forgiving, and that will free you. God says we need to get rid of all anger and bitterness. So I want to encourage you to make a list. Not of people you're going to bite, but of those that you need to forgive. Take out a, a journal, take out a notebook, whatever you need to do, and, and tonight before you go to bed, Make a list of people you need to forgive. Then confess your anger, your unforgiveness, your bitterness towards each one of them, asking God to forgive you and to cleanse your heart from anger and bitterness and unforgiveness that you're holding towards them. And for all of us, I encourage us to surrender ourselves to the control of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to be in control. I don't want my flesh. I don't want my emotions to control me. I want you to control me. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we humble ourselves. We thank you for your great mercy towards us, Lord, because you forgave us though we did not deserve it, Lord God. And Father, tonight we humble ourselves because we realize that we can't change ourselves you can change us, Lord God. So we surrender to you the attitudes of our flesh. We surrender to you our emotions. And we say, Lord, we don't want our emotions to control us. We invite your Holy Spirit day by day to take control of us, Lord God, so that we can walk in the fruit of your Spirit, so that we can be free from bitterness, anger, rage, harsh words, and slander. And instead, we can walk in your love and in your forgiveness towards others, that you may be glorified in our life. Purify our hearts from all anger, from all bitterness, from all unforgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you, we love you, have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we will see you on Sunday.
Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.